Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. She has a beautiful voice, doesn't she? What a beautiful day. It's truly an honor to celebrate Mother's Day and my birthday today. Beautiful. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. First, we're going to get a smile out of everybody. Come on now. We all got a lot to be happy about. Jesus is our Savior. And we are going to be home with the Lord. Amen? Guaranteed. All who believe in Him. That gives me a lot of joy and a lot of reassurance. Especially as the days grow darker here. Amen? All right. Before we get started, let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. I hope everybody did their homework on Romans chapter 8. Because we are going to be reiterating on that. Just a reminder, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken over. So please prepare your heart to receive the message. To what the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Okay. We're going to start in verse 4. Okay. Philippians chapter 4. We are using the black Bibles in the pews. If you want to follow along with me, I'll try to go as slowly and easy as I can so you can get there. It's always good to get into your Bible. Amen. It's a lifeline. The owner's manual to our lives. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And it says clearly in verse 4, to always be full of joy in the Lord. It doesn't say sometimes or only when things are going good. It tells us to always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. This is for all you people that worry a lot. The Bible has an antidote for that. It says, don't worry about anything. So the next time you worry, it says, instead of worrying, pray about everything. How about a big amen for that? Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. It's removing the worry and replacing it with prayer. Don't forget, when you need it, whenever you start to worry, remember the verses to tell God to pray. Instead of worrying, I'm going to pray to the Lord. Tell God what you need. He wants to hear from you. And thank Him for all that He has done. And He has done a lot for us. Then you will experience God's peace. You won't just think about it, you'll have it. You'll experience that peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our heart and our mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Now when it says as you live in Christ Jesus, it means as you live by the word of God. That's what it means. When you say as you live in Christ, 
You live by the word of God, not by the flesh. In verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix or focus your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we have to fix our minds on the things that are good. You know, the devil always got us fixing our minds on the problems instead of fixing our minds on the solution, which is Jesus and his word. How about a big amen for that? That's why these scriptures are so important to learn so we have them circulating in our minds so they can become part of us and we can apply it when we get worried and things are not right. Look what it says, verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. And everything that comes from this pulpit is from the word of God. Amen? So keep putting into practice everything you're learning from this. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Big amen for that, right? It tells us not to worry. Now a lot of Christians still are full of worry, fears, and doubts. That's because we have to grow spiritually and understand God is not a feeling. God's just a fact. The word of God is a fact. What he says, tell him what you need and thank him for everything that he's done. Then you'll experience that peace. Don't go to the world for the peace because the world can never give us peace. The world gives us problems. The word gives us peace. You see, as you live in Christ Jesus, as you read the word, study it, internalize it, eat it, and apply it to your situation, then you'll experience that. There's no other way to get it. Did I get any amen for this? So don't ever, ever, ever close your Bible. Read it every day. And don't forget, read it from cover to cover. Don't just get bits and pieces. Read it from Genesis to Revelation. Amen? That's an order from your pastor. <laughs> Why? Because I love you. And I want to see you get this. We're going to get it. This church is going to get it. We're going to use it and we're going to apply it. And we're not going to just do it while we're in church. We're going to practice it here and apply it out there. Amen? All right. I'm going to have a little message about Mother's Day today. Some inspiration. Is everybody with me so far? You have to excuse my voice. It's a little out, but the devil tries to knock the pastor's voice out, but that ain't going to work. Amen? We know that... <laughs> The first thing he wants to do is get the preacher's voice so he can't talk. Not. <laughs> Beat it, devil. Leave my family alone. All right. Motherhood is one of the most essential roles in human history. As we honor moms, it's important to remember that they fulfill a divine role when it comes to shaping children and teaching them about the Holy Spirit, the Bible, and God's work in our lives. Being a mother might be one of the hardest jobs on the planet. But thankfully, there are plenty of Bible verses about mother's love that reveal the glory of the job. 
What other position starts with nine months of carrying another human being, followed by at least 18 plus years of 24-7 availability? Despite this, no job is more rewarding. The Bible explains the power of God's love through its pages, but other verses can also shed light on this amazing gift of motherhood. If you want to turn with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. My mother passed on to go be home with the Lord, and my wife made a promise to my mother that she would take care of me. And uh, she's been not only my wife, but like a mother to me too. She's been always caring for me and she's fulfilled the role and I can't thank her enough because having a mother in your life is, is something that uh, you can never get any other way but through a mother's love. And that's why 1 Corinthians 13, a mother's love for her children is the highest form of love and the closest thing we could ever get to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Can I get an amen for this? So I want to thank all the mothers that put in such hard work and time for their families and their children and their husbands, endless time and hours of loving them and forgiving them and being patient with them. We want to honor that today. Is everybody in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you to do me this favor this morning as a congregation I want to read this together as a family this morning because I feel that it's time and it's a very important scripture to learn. So I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we're going to start in verse 4 and we're going to read this as a family. Can I get an amen for this? Okay, are we ready? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Big amen for that, right? Let's give a hand clap for that. As Christians, when we tell somebody we love them, that is the kind of love that God our Father has put into our hearts. It is unconditional love. God loves each one of his kids the exact same way we just read. He puts that in us. To love ourselves the same way. And to love our brothers and sisters the same way. Unconditionally, right? Not only that, but it tells us to go out there and love the unbelieving world unconditionally. That's how you know that Christ is living in you. So whenever you're feeling adult and you tell somebody you love them, don't just say, love you. Read 1 Corinthians 13 before you say it. And then say it. And then don't argue, don't complain, and don't gripe later about the person you just told you loved. Because then the old heart just came right back again. See, you have two hearts. The heart of the flesh and the heart of God, which is the spirit. That's the spirit of love that God has put in each and every one of us. We all possess it as believers. Now, what do we have to do? Crucify the old heart 
and resurrect the new one. Can I get an amen for this? And that's what the mother's love is the most closest thing to that. Okay, this kind of love is unwavering. Love mothers give. Even when it's a hard mother's love will cause you to react in ways you never thought you would. Love is patient, even when explaining the same thing for the hundredth time. <laughs> Love is kind when family members are sick and can't care for themselves. I remember when I used to get sick, my mother used to make me a grilled cheese sandwich with tomato and a nice bowl of chicken soup. That was better than any medicine that love for my mother gave me. I felt better right just then and there. She always cared for us. Always cared for us. Love doesn't want what others have or promote itself. It teaches children to do the same. Your mother's love seeks to bring honor, not dishonor to your children and spouse. You bite your tongue when you know your temper is short and forgive an unlimited number of times. There are many wonderful examples of good moms all around us, but we can also look at Bible, biblical mothers <clears throat> to see prime examples of what it takes to raise children well. Let's explore some of the moms of the Bible, holy mothers and holy women who show us all the path forward, be inspired by these biblical mothers and the many lessons they teach us about faith, overcoming struggles, and trusting God amid uncertainty. The first one is going to be Jacobed, sacrificing for her son. The Bible tells us that Jacobed, Moses' mother, went above and beyond to save her little boy's life. At the time of Moses' birth, the Egyptian pharaoh demanded that midwives kill every Hebrew boy born in Egypt, something done in an effort to control the Hebrew population. The Hebrew midwives refused to participate in the infanticide and deceived Pharaoh so they could avoid killing the baby boys. Like it tells us in Exodus 1, 17 to 19, Moses' mother, Jacobed, hid Moses in a basket of bulrushes and sent him afloat on the Nile River to preserve his life. Exodus 2, verse 3. Even Pharaoh's own daughter disobeyed the decree when she found Moses in the basket and took pity on him, adopting him as her own child. In Exodus 2, 5 to 10. Moses was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Jacobed made the sacrifice not only to ignore the king's mandate and hide her son for three months, but to then selflessly release him so that he could survive and be cared for by Pharaoh's daughter. In an amazing turn of events, Jacobed became Moses' nurse while Pharaoh's daughter raised him. An effort that kept her connected to her beloved son. Exodus 2, 9-10 tells us what happened after Pharaoh's daughter discovered Moses in the basket on the Nile and hired Jacobed to nurse the boy. Please turn with me to Exodus chapter 2. 
Everybody with me so far here? Okay. Exodus chapter 2. Give everybody a moment to get there. Exodus chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 9. Is everybody there? Okay. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses. Moses sounds like a Hebrew term that means to lift out, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. That was the ultimate sacrifice for a mother to do, right? Give her a baby over to another woman to take care of him so he wouldn't die. Amen. What a powerful example of a mother's love. The next mom of the Bible, Mary, Jesus' mother. Mary is without a doubt one of the most well-known and revered, revered moms of the Bible. She's a prime example of biblical motherhood, and her story teaches us a great deal about following the Holy Spirit and living out God's work in our lives. The scriptures explain that God chose Mary to be Jesus' mother, granting her one of the most important and transformational roles in human history. The Virgin Mary's most stunning attribute was her devotion to God. This is apparent in the Gospels when it is revealed by an angel that she will be with child. The Bible tells us in Luke that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that she would give birth to Jesus. Mary had some questions about how the pregnancy was possible. And she was troubled by the angel's message. Still, she committed to living out God's plan and said, I am the Lord's servant. The gospel account of the book of Luke in the book of Luke is quite revealing. It shows the grace which Mary took the shocking news that she would be Christ's mother. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, who was a virgin at the time, and committed to be married to Joseph. Gabriel told Mary that she was highly favored and revealed that she would be expecting. Mary questioned how pregnancy was possible and was initially troubled by the angel's appearance. But once she learned of the reason for Gabriel's visit, she responded to the life-changing news with the heart that was fully open to God's will. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 1, please.
It's a beautiful thing the way a mother takes care of her children, and then it spills over into the husband's life too, as the mother, as as the wife takes care of the husband, too. Same way. It's it's amazing, and I can only honor the women that put up with us. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> After you're with someone for quite so many years, you start to see their flaws, so to speak. <laughs> There's where the unconditional love comes in, and that's where love becomes a choice, not a feeling. We choose to love unconditionally. It's not something that we feel. Can I get an amen for this? There are times in a marriage when we become very unlovable. It's okay, it's true. When we say, what did I get into? But then we know we made vows to God. For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, for sickness and in health, until death do us part. Amen, remember them vows? Remember them when you want to give up and throw in the towel. God never throws in the towel on us. Amen? Luke chapter 1, verse Verse 29, Luke chapter 1. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel, or in the house of Jacob, forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin, the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Look at verse 37. For the word of God will never fail. Some manuscripts read, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Do you see what it said there? The word of God will never fail. If you believe and trust in the words of God in your life, and you put him first, it will never fail. Can I get an amen for this? 
Forget about how you feel. Remember to put into practice everything you're learning here in your Bible. Then the God of peace will be with you. It said it will never fail. This God of this creation said he would never leave us or forsake us. The problem is we leave him and forsake him. But even though he remains faithful, if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. Amen? So don't ever feel the times when you walk away that he walked away from you. He never did. He's just waiting for you to come home. But open arms. Remember the prodigal? He went out and made a mess. The, the, God didn't go chase him, but he was right there when he came back. So he's always there. When it comes to biblical motherhood, Mary's reaction teaches us all about how we should consider God's calling over our own lives. Amen? God has a call on all of our lives, and we should respond with an open heart and an open mind and let God show you what he has planned for you. The next biblical mother, Naomi, the encourager. Naomi's powerful story is told in the book of Ruth. And it is a harrowing ordeal. She's one of the moms of the Bible who suffered a great loss. You might recall that Naomi and her husband and sons moved from Bethlehem to Moab when famine hit. But then her husband and sons died, leaving behind Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Eventually, Naomi decided to return home, and Ruth goes with her out of devotion and love, showing the power that can come from strong family relationships. The book of Ruth is essentially a story of Naomi's transformation from despair to happiness through the selfless, God-blessed acts of Ruth and Boaz. <clears throat> Though it also teaches many lessons about biblical motherhood. Naomi remained devoted to her daughter-in-law and is one of the holy women in the Bible that provides a wonderful example of parental guidance and love. Ruth eventually marries a man named Boaz, and Naomi is restored in her contentment. Please turn with me to Ruth chapter 4. <clears throat> now, just to say that people that know read their Bibles know exactly the accounts I'm talking about. But people who don't read the Word of God might be like, That's why it's important to know the Word of God. And we offer it a lot of ways here. You go on the website, do the Bible in a year. Every day I read the Bible for you. Never forget to read your Bible every day. And don't forget to read it from cover to cover. That's how important it is. This should never be a bored Christian. Never. Ruth chapter 4, look at verse 13. Well, if you don't know the account, you're going to learn it today. 
There's joy in that, right? God is full of grace and mercy, and so am I. Because I need a lot of grace and mercy every day. So do we all, don't we? <clears throat> Thank you. Ruth chapter 4. You have only a minute to get there. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor woman said, Now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. It's funny, I was born on Obed Avenue. I never knew what it meant. Said, what the heck is Obed Avenue? Yeah? And I said, there's really it is. Obed is biblical. It's amazing. I could tell you some stories. I don't have time today, but I will someday. Tell you how this all came to pass. There's no such thing as a coincidence in God's divine plan for you. There's much to learn here about trusting God and loving and caring for family members. Naomi is one of the holy women in the Bible worthy of deep exploration. The next mother of the Bible, Sarah, Abraham's wife. Sarah, also known as Sarai, was Abraham's wife. Sarah is one of the more interesting biblical mothers, as she's among the moms in the Bible who was a mixed bag when it came to setting examples. <laughs> we got a mixed bag of mothers in the house today? Don't worry, so did the Bible when it came to setting examples. By no means was she always the perfect model of a godly, of godly grace and meekness. You know, we made, she made some mistakes. But there are some truly interesting elements about her story that can teach us all a lesson. Sarah and Abraham's story teaches us that God's work isn't independent upon our timing. Genesis describes Sarah as barren. At one point, she blames God and says he had kept her from having children. She then encouraged Abraham to have a child with her slave, Hagar. In the end, Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. But Sarah, as God promised, became pregnant with Isaac. 
Both Sarah and Abraham laughed when God told them they would have a son as they were advanced in age. God will follow through with his plan. Genesis chapter 18, please, if you go with me there. Even though Abraham made a mess and made a lot of mistakes, God still fulfilled the promise. Now, let me give you an example. Just because we make a lot of mistakes, if God has a promise for your life, he will carry it out. Can I get any amen for this? You cannot stop God's promises from happening. They will come to pass. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me that. And I believe what the Bible says, not what I think or what I feel. It goes way beyond my emotions. If, by, if God said it, I believe it. If he said it's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. With or without my consent. God's going to have his way. Remember what he did with Jonah? He told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, I ain't going to Nineveh. I hate them. I said, oh, yes, you are. Threw him overboard and got in the belly of a fish for three ways, three days to think about it. The fish spat him out. Here I am, Lord, I'll go. Believe me, God has a plan. He's going to carry it out with or without your consent. I'd rather go with it than against it, amen? I don't need to go in the belly of a fish. <coughs> or whatever he does to get me back in his plan. He will do because he loves us. And it might cause some pain in your life, so you're better off just submitting to his will. Okay, Genesis chapter 18, look at verse 13. Is everybody with me so far? This is awesome, isn't it? Your mothers are awesome. My birthday pales in comparison to a Mother's Day. Verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. <laughs> you can't get away with anything with God, okay? You can't hide from Him. He said in verse 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Take a look outside, okay? Look in the sky. Look at the creation He created. He holds all this together. You really think he can't come through for you, your little petty problems? And we don't trust him. We take matters in our own hands, and we make a mess, and we shake our fists, say, God, why, God, why? God said, because you didn't give it to me. You took it upon yourself. Then finally you go, I'm tapping out. You take over. I get an amen for this. We're all like that. We're stubborn. We want to do God's will, but it's hard for us. We're impatient. All right? Sarah had Isaac, proving that it was never too late for God to follow through with his promises. 
When we look at holy women and moms in the Bible, this theme rings true. And Sarah is one of the best examples, okay? Abraham was like 99 years old. Listen, you might have to wait a while for the promise. But he said it's going to come to pass. The problem is we don't wait. When you ask God for something, wait on the Lord. and He will come through. Abraham didn't want to wait. Set him back 15 years having a child with the bondwoman. God still fulfilled the promise. Just imagine what that house was like. Okay? With him sleeping with the maid and his wife's next in there. Just imagine what the house was like. Okay? The chaos. If he would have just said, no, I'm waiting on the Lord. How many times do we make a mess and cause all this chaos when we should have just waited on the Lord? Right? Good example, right? <laughs> we grow through many mistakes. Thank God for His grace and mercy, right? All right, the next one. Hannah. There's another one of the moms of the Bible who can teach us an important lesson about biblical motherhood. Before giving birth to Samuel, she pleaded with God to make her a mother. And he heard her prayers and answered. Hannah's story presents numerous examples of biblical motherhood. We learn in 1 Samuel 1 of the pain she experienced in wanting a child but being unable to conceive. She was one of the two wives of Elkanah and Elkanah's other wife, Peninnah, had children and taunted Hannah. Please turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. It's not in verse 11. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Some manuscripts read, added, he will drink neither wine or anything intoxicating. God answered Hannah's prayer with the birth of Samuel. And in a prime example of biblical motherhood, she devoted her baby to God. And she had, as she had promised. 
She also uttered a prayer worth noting. Let's hear a portion of it in 1 Samuel chapter 2 while we're in there. First Samuel chapter 2, look at verse 1. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong, or has exalted me. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. How about an amen for that? They taunted her and taunted her. Finally, God came through for her. Silenced her enemies. God will do the same for you. Don't take matters in your own hand. Put it in God's hand. He will silence your enemies. Don't take matters in your own hand. Give them to the Lord. As we celebrate Mother's Day and moms more generally, we could look to Hannah's example of turning to God in her time of need and trusting Him. One more before we close. Eve. Let's not forget about Eve now. <laughs> Eve is another of the moms of the Bible who can teach us a great deal about biblical motherhood and what it means to be a holy woman and man. She was the first woman God created and is thus one of the first figures discussed in the Bible. Listening to God and abiding in His plan is essential. Eve's story reminds us that there are penalties when we don't listen and that following our own path can lead us on unintended journeys. Adam and Eve were instructed not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but they decided to disobey and faced the consequences. Go with me, please, to Genesis chapter 3. This will be the last one before we close. I think I made my point about the mothers of the Bible, right? They're all great examples. And so are the ones sitting here in church. Great examples, great moms. God doesn't look at our failures. He builds up our strengths. Don't look at your own failures. Stay focused on what's good. Amen? The Lord, the, the devil always wants you to feel failure. You can't fail with God. Okay. Genesis 3, 21 tells us how Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. 
So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Eve teaches us an important lesson about God's plan and our reliance upon it. Okay? All these women of the Bible inspire us knowing that we could get great lessons. See, the Bible gives us great lessons of what to do and what not to do. Amen? So I hope this helped you. Next week we'll be going into Romans chapter 8 and breaking it down. So please, if you haven't studied it, go back and read it again and be prepared for next week. I'm going to close with that. The ushers are going to come up to take the collection and we are going to close.
Thank you, Pedro. You want to come up and close us? Father, Lord, thank you for this message about mothers, Lord. We're so grateful for every mother here, Lord, and our own, our own mothers, Lord. I just I just pray that we always honor and respect them, Lord, and we're so grateful for their lives that they sacrificed to, to raise us in a godly way, Lord. And I just I just thank you for this day we can reflect in and honor them, Lord. And I just pray that you. All enjoy our times with our families today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. All right, my friends and family. Have a great day, moms. God bless. Until we meet again. Peace.